Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast, where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. All right, Zoe, welcome back. Thank you. All right, let's go into the next topic. So the next topic is, I guess, the menstrual cycle. Um, as a as a male human being, I'm not going to know much about this. I know, I know a little bit. Um, I know it is, unfortunately, it is associated with um, um, injuries as well. But let's talk about it from more of a training perspective and we'll also talk it from a performance perspective um then we'll also break it down into the injury side but give us a bit of an overview overview so today i'm just i'm, just, I'm gonna be like a newbie to this i want to learn a little bit more and have a bit more understanding especially for the um, the females the coach here as well yeah the, give me a general gist of what the menstrual cycle is and then we'll go um, a bit more de- into detail in terms of you know um and how do, we, how do we regulate it when it comes to training or how do we understand it, how it influences our training? Yeah, I'll start with the basics. So menstrual cycle is completely different for every single individual. The basic, it's, the basic length is 28 days, textbook, I guess you'd say. Um, it can vary between 21 to 35. It can be completely different to that as well. Some people can have their cycle once every three months. Um, but basically the first half of the cycle is the follicular phase and that's when um, we bleed at the first day and then ovulation is at the end of that like 14 kind of day period and that's generally pretty regular. And then the second phase, which is the second half of the period, is the luteal phase, which is the more variable phase where like individuals just experience things a lot differently. This phase is the one that can be a lot shorter or a lot longer and that kind of determines the length of the actual period as well. So generally the first phase is going to be around that 14-day mark. And then, yeah, this second phase can be longer and shorter. Okay. So, we've got a bit of an idea. Uh, let's talk about how does it influence, I guess, the, the training. Yeah. Before I go into this, I just want to say that the research is very low quality at this point. So, everything that is said is kind of suggested. It's not. Take it as a, gran- a pinch of salt. Yeah. A grain of salt. Pinch of salt. Pinch of salt. <laughs> Whatever it is. Grain of salt. Yeah, that's it. Um, But basically in the follicular phase, when we're going through our menstrual cycle and when we're ovulating, so we reduce, we produce estrogen, release more estrogen. And this is when uh, we can feel a lot more fatigued and also, um, and also ligament laxity can occur. So for training, it's still not necessarily proven that injuries can happen more at this point in time but it's kind of suggested so ACL injuries and um it's kind of said that it may happen at this time as well and then in the later phases when we produce more progesterone that's then said that we feel a bit more strong we um might feel like exercise isn't as hard so like lower rating of perceived RPE that's again not necessarily a strong point of evidence but it's just kind of yeah it's just more it's just like a common theme that's seen at um at that phase yeah and so then basically with all of that said everything is so individualized to the person so we it's more about figuring out at what stages in the cycle you feel better off or you feel worse so people might experience cramps they might experience pms um and all this sort of stuff generally happens in the luteal phase which is like just before the actual period itself. Um, so it could be bloating, it could be yeah, pain, 
Um, it could just be fatigue and that sort of stuff. And so if the athlete or the person is aware of where in their cycle this happens, they can then take it a little bit easier or figure out what they need to do themselves um, to make the training easier for them. Yep. Do you have any like examples of kind of like how some, I guess some of the athletes or that you've worked with that have kind of like helped, have had these issues, but they've kind of like better navigated um, their menstrual cycle and as a result, their training is still really good at the end of the day? Yeah. So one of my girls from footy from Coburg, she experienced really bad cramps in her period, but she finds that if she actually eats more carbohydrates, like filled foods before exercise, she actually feels a lot better. So yeah, it's eating is another thing that it can actually, if you make sure that you're eating well before training, um, it actually seems to help a lot. So she, she still experienced cramps, but she finds that her stomach just feels a lot better while she's training. Yeah. And yeah, she's actually able to, rate like high intensity during footy trainings as well so it's like um that that she's setting herself up she knows it's going to happen it's inevitable yeah so she's really just setting herself up for like for it to happen but reducing the severity yeah because we know for, for most people the cycle is going to happen every month and for most people they experience these symptoms every month so that's why i find tracking the period is really important um, there's a few different apps you can use. There's just simple ones like Flow and Clue, Clue, Flow and Clue, um, and they are just basically to figure out when your cycle is, and it might say ovulation. But then there's also some sports specific. So there's one called Fitter Woman, and there's also something AI. I'll put I can put them in the show notes. Did we yep. do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put the um the links in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and those two are more athletic based. So you can actually see at the different stages of the cycle, different symptoms, but you can see what um, type of activity it typically says you should be doing, which, you know, we're not necessarily going to focus on, but it might just say like a bit lower intensity at this stage in the cycle or um, prioritize carbs, prioritize fats. Like it actually says that on the app, which is really good. It's really neat. Yeah. Really helpful for especially youth who might not actually have any idea. Yeah, and th- let's link it back to that, to the youth now. So, obviously, you know, again, the, fir- the first time going through the menstrual cycle or something like that, and I don't know what the education is, like, when it comes to health and human development these days, you know, it, and I think it's really worthwhile, especially for a lot of parents with, like, teenage girls, with the 13, 14, 15, when the cycle starts, starts for the first time, is, like, yeah, really getting becoming more educated on it and really kind of not getting ahead of the game, essentially, but having some knowledge and background in terms of, especially as a parent, of like when you can actually nourish the kids as well and maybe just begin to educate you, your daughters um, on this specifically because then they're going to have better managed self-management tools as they start going year 10, year 11, year 12, university as well because I don't know, it, I'm assuming it's just something that's not spoken about because it seems as like uh, taboo, I guess. It's, it's weird. Like I, when I got my period, I wanted my mum to give me a book. Some of, my, some of my friends had books given by their parents and it's like I just wanted to know everything about it where everyone would kind of pretend they're embarrassed about it. But I think, yeah, it just needs to be spoken about and it needs to be brought up often. Just the fact that it's going to happen and these things are going to, like you might, you know, get cramps, you might 
feel really fatigued and that sort of stuff but then it's not inevitable to feel like that every single time like we can do things we can put things in place to feel better yeah it's just a preventative approach for not feeling like crap like yeah like you're still probably gonna feel like crap. yeah well less crap (laughs) yeah less crap and then even just the things of like oh my period's coming up i'm gonna eat a whole lot of chocolate like that's actually you actually feel like you need to eat more but prioritizing eating more fuel for training rather than just giving up on everything in that time yeah rather than just yeah like go with like the fuck it mentality i was like fuck yeah. it i was gonna go like get some daniel's donuts or something like that yeah. yeah but on that as well for if any males are listening that actually everything does really build up so mood food fatigue it's real <laughs> and it all builds up in one go like yeah can i, I want to go back to the story <laughs> um so for those who don't know i was at the university of wisconsin um back in 2017 i was an intern there and i was working with a lot of teams but I was um, responsible for the, um, the cheerleading team. Now, I think it was about, and the dance team as well. So, I think it was like 10 guys and there's maybe like between 40 and 50 girls. Right? Now, I don't know if this is the thing, but it felt like their periods had synced up. So yeah, it can happen. It was... <laughs> it's not scientifically proven. I know. I, like, but... Yeah, if it's not scientific, but it felt like that. As soon as like um, it got to the end of the semester and the, and the girls were just... Like the energy levels had just shifted a little bit. Usually, they're, pre- they're pretty, like, upbeat and perky. Um, but, yeah, it just completely... One day, one girl was like, oh, can we do something different? And I was like... Then after that, that was literally the trigger. And I was like, oh, come on, Trent. Let's do something different. It's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Give me two seconds to think this through. And then eventually, yeah, they felt better afterwards. So, we ended up just going outside. Um, unfortunately, the gym that we are in was underground and... Because if I was in Wisconsin, it was like heading into spring and it's just like, it's cold um, and the winter is usually pretty depressing. Like you get like maybe seven hours of sunlight a day, which is pretty bad. And I did get seasonal depression. And obviously, you know, being in a colder, colder state or city um, where there's limited sunlight as well, it's obviously going to affect affect their mood as well. So then you've got other, as we've spoken about on the other one, or other episode, you've got these multiple inputs they're going to potentially make these outputs even worse. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, that was a very interesting experience to be a part of. Um, but, yeah, it's it definitely does affect their mood in terms of, like, you know, what what potentially, yeah, they're going to dump it on you. It's like, all right, cool, I'll sort it out. And eventually they just felt better. And sometimes, it, yeah, as we've spoken before, reducing the load, the intensity, and just making them, yeah, feel better afterwards mm-hmm. is probably just, like, the key in order, like, that long-term or thinking more in the long term than anything else. Yeah. And then I also wanted to touch on from a coaching point of view for especially male coaches, maybe in like sporting teams. I just think that it needs to be something that's, it doesn't always need to be brought up, but if an athlete is noticeably performing a little bit worse, if you're comfortable with the athlete, don't say it if you're not comfortable with the athlete, but um, just saying, are you close to your period? Uh, Is it coming up? It can potentially be explaining why they're not performing as well and it might be something that you can take into consideration rather than I think athletes just ignore it especially when talking to coaches like as in a head coach because they don't want it to seem as a weakness and they don't want it to be like a reason why they're performing less yeah so let's talk about the yeah the tricky part of like if you are in a you know semi-professional and you know the 
like it, it's pretty competitive at the semi-professional level, especially in women's sports here in Victoria. Um, even in the junior development side, if you're out, if you're seen as, as a potential liability that you might be out or sick, you know, you know, next person up mentality, mm-hmm. especially in Victoria. But yeah, how does so if we're looking from a coach's perspective, right? Male coach, female athlete. You mentioned just you know, asking that question and obviously build a report. But how do how do we how can we set that up so that it's a lot easier for I guess for male, especially fathers. You know, they've never worked with young young women before. Um, how do we, you know, what type of questions or what can we do beforehand to actually make sure that we're best looking after them and take into consideration the menstrual cycle? Yeah, it, I think it'd be so specific to the person, the coach and the team, but just bringing it up somehow to start off with, like you could use humour. At the very start, a guy could just be like, all right, guys, like it could be the first time they're with the team. All right, guys, I have no idea about women things. I have no idea about periods please inform me please let's talk about it like just some in some way building the rapport but opening up the conversation because if a man has never spoken about periods or menstrual cycle with the girls and the girls have never spoken about it to a coach it's not going to happen and most of the time most females haven't spoken to any male in their life it's some people view it as really taboo and embarrassing i really don't so i can't speak on this on this point that well but yeah, I just think it needs to be something that's actually talked about often enough for then the athletes to feel comfortable to bring it up themselves. Yeah. Because it's almost the whole thing of like mental health that if you ask someone if they're okay or how are you doing enough times that they know that you're there, Correct. then when they actually need to speak about it, they will. Yeah, when they feel like they're in the most vulnerable moment and they know that someone's continuing to ask them, it's like, hey, you all right? It's like... That one moment that might actually approach you, or when you when you actually ask them for the you know the twentieth time or something like that, and be like, okay, I'm actually not alright. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, then we go you know, somewhere quiet and, and you know just it. talk about it. And yeah. then obviously, our goal is not to solve these problems. Our goal is to be aware of these issues and potentially how we can modify it to help them best navigate or manage what's going on yeah. um, in their well in, in that period of time. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty helpful. I think yeah, setting the stage probably right from the get-go yeah to be like ladies girls or whoever you're talking to it's like i have no idea about the menstrual cycle or periods um can you what we're going to do is why not? it might be someone yeah can you start to inform me about it i'm going to do some little bit of research about it and i want to be educated because my goal is to make sure that you've got that all of you are performing at your best yeah and if if the coach has the right intentions and has no no clue then at least that's a better place than a coach, I guess a male coach is trying to explain, uh, this is the menstrual cycle, 28 days, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, and you got like three quarters of the girls, I'm like, I'm not sure about this. So yeah, coming from the right place and, and saying that like, look, I really don't know much. I know a tiny bit, but it's probably not enough to really best serve all of you um, moving forward. Yeah, and even because women generally don't have much idea on the cycle apart from what they feel. So like I've had a lot of conversations. I've just posted a bit on my coaching account and I've had that many people ask me about it because it's just not known. No idea about what it actually does to them other than like how they're feeling. So even if that male coach is saying, I'm interested and I want to research for you, like what do you feel? What do you know? And just kind of figuring out what they do know and what they don't know because what they don't know is going to be a whole lot more than like what they do know about their own cycle yeah i would say as a, as a male coach 
the main thing is is just have a general understanding of what's happening at each phase. Mm-hmm. Um, then the then the um, then I guess the girls and the females that you look after, you know, they can actually start to tell you, okay, I'm feeling like this. Okay, then you have a bit of an idea of where they are in the cycle and whatnot. So without going into too much detail, so right, cool. What we'll do is we'll reduce we'll reduce the intensity just for the time being, or reduce more so the volume than anything else. Reduce the volume. And next week we'll reassess and see if you if you're feeling better, and then hopefully you know they're feeling better and hit the normal weights than they normally would. So yeah, it's just like all these little things um, that can make your job so much easier as well, especially as coaches, sports coaches specifically. Just because the girls seem tired and lethargic, they may not actually be unfit, yeah. and that's kind of like it's that masking of their fitness um, because of what's actually happening internally that we can't actually see. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we don't necessarily ask about the period all the time. If someone is in pain, you're not just going to be like, are you on your period? Like, no. no. <laughs> it's just basically if you are comfortable with the athlete, if you – it's almost a little bit of intuition as well. Like, if you think that it could be something other than their recovery methods, it could just be a point of conversation. Like, do you think – like, are you leading up to your period? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, okay, what can we do kind of thing? That's pretty much it. And I think as as a coach as well, if it is leading up to the period, yeah, then we can just, all right, we can drop volume back. You can start to prescribe and try different things. And obviously, you want to, rec- you know, obviously, you don't record when they're having the period. That's, I guess, that's the actual athlete's job. What you do is you just write down, you just change the the, the volume or the intensity for that day. Um, but then you, then you just track that over time as well. Then you got like, if you do that over six to 12 months, you've got a lot of data points and you know roughly when it's going to hit as well. So then from a planning perspective, then it's going to be a lot better um, moving forward. On that, I want to talk about training as in planning a block. You, it's still not recommended to actually periodize around your menstrual cycle just because it's so variable and changes to do with stress, to do with nutrition, levels of exercise and all that sort of stuff. So it's still just advised for the athlete themselves to auto-regulate. Did I speak about this before? Yeah, um, just a quick hash on auto-regulation if you haven't watched the other one. is basically just being able to have, I guess, a general self-awareness of how your body is feeling and performing on that day. So are you feeling, you know, hot to trot, you know, sleep well, ate well, you know, stress levels are relatively low, get after your training. You know, if you're feeling miserable, tired, asleep, irritable, haven't eaten enough, nutrition is really poor. It's like, mm, maybe let's dial it back a little bit. And auto-regulation, you might be feeling, one day you might be feeling like a 10 out of 10, um, which is great and you would get after it. But sometimes you might be feeling a 6 out of 10, but your 10 out of that 10 out of 10 in terms of RP or your effort that you put in for that session might be considered like a 5 on the day that you're feeling really good. Mm-hmm. So in terms of your where you are, um, can actually, like you said before, it can vary um, quite drastically um, with a lot of females. Yeah, and I think we don't generally use RPE, but I think in the athletic world, a general RPE of like seven is kind of typical. And then that just means that you don't necessarily increase your weight every session. You're just kind of seeing where your body is at with that specific weight at that period of time. So it could be decreasing leading up to your period and then kind of increasing after that and be like a cycle like that. Yeah, and that's kind of like, yeah, general rule of thumb. Like, we, yeah, we use some level of, I guess, auto-regulation here. But what we try and do is is ask them, it's like, how did how'd that set feel? You know, could have done three or four more reps. Okay, cool. Next 
well, and then we can potentially go up in weight as well. So we're always using some level of auto regulation. We don't really prescribe into um, percentage of one RM. We don't do any, any RM testing here as well, which is I don't think it's necessary anymore. There's better ways to measure, measure um, force output and power and speed and all that jazz besides just you know weight on the bar. Um, that was really good, Zoe. Thanks for that. Thanks for Thanks. the insights. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it's funny to relive that story again as well. <laughs> you mean you've got like, um, you know, eighteen to twenty-one year olds all sounding off on you. It's like, oh, Jesus. All right, let's, let's give me a moment and I'll get back to you. <laughs> no, but it's good to see that everyone over here is like very open to learn about it as well, which is good. Yeah, I think we just needed like just more open discussions, more longer format, and rather than just like yeah, cut it off and it's like, oh, we don't talk about that because it's not. Because you know, men don't know about that stuff. It's like mm, men, men should, or at least male coaches specifically, male parents should have an awareness and a general idea about it. Do they need to implement it? Mm, not necessarily. No, just they need just a general idea. Because, like I said before, there's multiple inputs that can create an output for a lot of athletes. Cool. All right, wrap that one up there. You have just listened to the Inner Athlete Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the release of weekly episodes. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to get great tips on all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring.